What is even up? It is indeed your boy Crabman. Also with my boy Heckenstein. Who the funk it? Welcome to the Hypnotic Hoodout. Number 60, actually. Mm -hmm. I don't think we've ever made 60 things of anything. We did make a lot of mistakes. Well, that's probably more like 60 billion, but yeah. True, true. So how are you? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how it goes. Mm. Up and down, up and down. Indeed. <laughs> no, I think in general I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm getting better even. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, I did complain about uh, not being able to sleep very well, like the last yes. couple of weeks, same month, maybe. And yeah, today I slept through until 8 a.m. when my flatmate uh, rang the bell because he forgot his keys. And then 9.30, uh, the job center called, despite me telling them that they should call me next week. But, and? Oh, um, okay, so the job center state status is I'm getting money for this part now. So it was accepted that I still need help with the monies. And also for the, well, that's the, the process now because it's, it's so weird. I get like... Uh, a new letter like nearly every every day from the mm. job center and it's every time it's something else <laughs> and this time it's uh, or the last time it was um that for i think i told last week that i got a letter that i had to send them or maybe i just told you no no we did um, oh, yeah, that i just had to tell them that i actually did want to keep the money i they gave yeah. me <laughs> for the last uh duration I got um, financial security, or what's, what's it called? Aid, mm. financial aid. Yeah. And um, yeah, now they, uh, for, for that um, reason, they sent me now a list of things they need me to give them until something August, or else I'll need to pay back everything. Wait, what until August? Um, they need all my um bank um bank statements all the bank statements for each month of our company and of myself completely for everything or the last for couple of every, months? for the last couple of months oh, okay for 12 uh, for december to june okay to june. Yeah, yeah everything and then i for everything we bought with uh, the company, they want to have recipes, receipts, receipts. Uh, recipes is the other thing, mm -hmm. receipts, <laughs> and then they need like some calculation where everything is going in and out. And additionally, they want some form. I already sent them, okay. but they, they don't have it anymore. What? And they also want, um, again. Uh, the contract for a company, the Gesellschaftsvertrag, mm -hmm. 
and a couple other things like minor things but yeah so i told i, I was like that can't be right <laughs> so i said please call me next week um and she called me today yeah. to tell me yeah they need everything i said um well i you know i don't there's no income so there's no money coming in why do you need receipts for everything that goes out well they need it they need to check everything because uh, reasons i mean i got one of the the job center woman who uh, was supposed to help me finding jobs that was last week as well mm -hmm. so that was another call i got um and i told her like yeah we we've got something in the works we've got several things we've got contract work uh, that's about to start uh, soon and basically told her when i did like finding jobs and yeah and I, I told her about the letter because i already had it and and she was like yeah well we don't want to make it too easy <laughs> and that's yep that's echt assy how she exact that's real shitty of them it's not very social i mean mm. honestly if you're self-employed and you you are uh, you really get like hounded by them. Mm. Like, pff, I don't, I don't get it what, what their, what their goal is, except like forcing me out because I'm getting too annoyed of, of all that stuff. I think that's the point. Uh, obviously, yeah, but it's just, it's really stressful. That that really pulled me down, and I was remembering you like the day yesterday was really. Pff, after the call, I was like, that was the other call, mm. <laughs> the call with the other lady. Um, she told me, yeah, you, I don't know, you probably have to do everything. And I was like, oh, that can't be it. I mean, it's not that, that I can't provide everything. It's not, there's not a problem there. It's not like I'm, I, ha I, I have anything to hide, but it's this stress of, um, they of being made to over and over again um, prove that you are indeed in need of financial aid. Like they don't believe you <laughs> that you will be, then they don't believe that you are, and then they don't believe you that you have been for the same amount. And you have to, to prove it three times mm. You in advance, like I won't have any money. At that time and then when i'm there i don't know i don't think i have to prove it while it's running but mm. it sure felt like it <laughs> i mean you have to be there you have to take all the calls you, there's always like a letter coming in telling you that uh, if you don't do this they will withhold the money it's always the threat that's yeah. in every of these letters yeah. and then when you're through <laughs> they send you another letter do you want to keep the money and you're like yeah of course i want i mean i need the i needed the money i can't give it i don't have it anymore what the hell are you talking about and then i get another letter okay sure so if you want to keep it please prove again that you didn't make any money at any point and everything is up to par and i don't know honestly i've heard like people being um so quite a few people were uh, annoyed by the amount of work they had to do to get the funding for a game. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just wrote that it's 
less than what you have to do to to get your basic yeah. financial aid. To, <laughs> I mean, it's a great thing. We've got it in Germany. Yada yada yada. It's just it's not that great. It's like not. It's not like on paper it sounds good, but the way they implemented it is just. It's not social at all. It's harassment. Um, That's really the exact same thing as work. You always have to justify mm-hmm. why you get to survive. Always prove that you're worthy of eating and having shelter. It's complete bullshit. We have all the money to, you know, give everyone um, the base security, universal basic income. It wouldn't even put a dent into anything. But sure. Let's let poor people prove that they deserve a couple hundred euros while rich people get tax cuts of millions, billions. (sighs) Yeah, honestly, I mean, it's not not only that I have to do the work. Like someone supposedly has to look through all those statements and the (laughs) receipts. Yeah, uh, that's just, it's just bullshit work yep there's no reason to do it because i don't have any income i can prove that i don't know what they are supposed to find with the receipts maybe that you didn't pay it to yourself in a way so that you're scamming you know that you pay a freelancer but it's you (laughs) all right yeah but there's no money so i can't pay anyone (laughs) that's obvious Hmm. I'm a little bit scared about um, me having given our company a, a um, Darlin uh, over 2,000 euros loan. loan, yeah. But it, I know it's it's not income, so I didn't tell them because there was in their form there was no statement where I should do it because they have you have to pay it back. It's not it's it's kein Gewinn, kein Einnahme. Mm. So uh, there was no place on the form to fill in. And it's there and, and they can see that I paid it to the company and they, I mean, I have to, they, they handle me like I am the company, like I'm a self-employed man that and not like there's a company and I am um, the CEO of the company. It's like two legal entities. Mm. So, well, I'll see. I'll see. And that's the way it has to be, that as the CEO, you are self-employed. Yeah, because I have, like, the, um, the main mm. shares. That's and, and if you have, like, most of the shares of the company and you are the CEO, then you count as self-employed. How would this be if, if I had the main shares and you were the CEO? Would we both be off the hook or...? I have no idea. It's possible that then you would have to... Then I would be self-employed, even though you're employing me? I really think think we should uh, check that out. Mm. Um, But I think they're also always trying... What happens if it's 50-50? But 50-50 was another stupid case, right? Where we had to like sign everything both. There was a reason why 50-50 was uh, discouraged. Was it there? Yeah, there was there was something. But I mean, we have to sign it both anyway. I mean, the, not everything. The, the Gesellschafter stuff. Yeah, and we could. We should probably look into it again. Let me just. Ah, <sighs> yeah. 
find out if there's a way to make this easier. <laughs> I mean, I really don't want to. I mean, I guess now if you've done it, then it's over, right? We have done parts of it. I still have to uh, inform our um, text people mm -hmm. that I need like a calculation of them for the month. So okay. they have to do that and I have to find all the re res receipts. <laughs> receipts. <laughs> yeah. Because we don't have them all there yet and yeah. Stuff like that. And probably I think they even want to see like the contracts for our uh, server and stuff or web server to prove that there's we a reason why we pay them. We're not just paying them because I don't know. <laughs> I feel like the fear is always that you're giving the money to yourself in some hidden way. Yeah. Maybe you own the the hoster. And... But it's kind of like interacting with the police, right? Mm. You know you're not doing anything wrong, but you're always afraid that they'll still get you on some technicality. And it's always the, the power difference. Yeah. You are being forced and there's nothing you can do against it. Mm. And that, that makes makes me sick, honestly. Like, this is... You don't feel like a human being, you feel like uh, a child at best. Yeah, I mean, this, this exact stress of having to justify just surviving all the time, that's what's wearing me down yeah, and understand all the time. Way better now. <laughs> <laughs> way better. That's why last year was nice when, you know, we had a nice income for a couple months. You know, suddenly I was doing well because that particular pressure was, I had a brief respite from it. Ah, yeah. And yeah, they're also always asking me, um, so does that mean you're self-employed? I'm always like, nope, I am employed in that company. I am not. So they always, I don't know why they want to push you. Oh, yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, probably it, because it's going to be really tough. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be worse for you. You're going to work more and... You lose your your um, your right to gain the unemployment benefits mm. because I don't have these. I don't have unemployment benefits because I'm self-employed. Oh, so you're getting oh, I see. All right, you're not fired. You're still a CEO. Mm -hmm. You just don't have enough money, so you're getting topped up. I I yeah. get it. Being paid zero euro per month right now. From our company. I get it. Well, that's all very annoying and very fucked up. Yeah. Not a fan. But, like, speaking of that, I mean, I could go two ways now. But let me start with uh, The Wizard. Mm -hmm. So I've been working on The Wizard more and more. I think it might be a good idea to have, like... Um, a deadline of some sort <laughs> and I thought like maybe today could be the day where I update like kick out a new version but unfortunately that didn't quite work <laughs> that did not um, because of course I just wanted to make the the build ready today and yeah mm. found lots of bugs but I've been making cool stuff and I've like changed a couple of things like not nothing too big, but um, I did not realize how long ago, like the last version was, and how much changes have accrued on my end, basically. 
Yeah. And yeah, it's not a good idea to, to keep like hogging the updates because then when you want to release a new build, like you find lots of bugs because you yeah. didn't really test everything. <laughs> <laughs> like yesterday I had like a bug where I was like, ah, if I do this, then that does work. Okay, let's fix it up. Oh, yep, yeah, when I do this, that works now. Great. And then when I tested it, I, <laughs> I had to find out that it, it does work in every other case now. <laughs> so I just fixed it for that specific case and fucked up everything else. Uh, yeah, that's always what's happening. So, yeah. You know, um, on Steam, we can also have multiple branches. So we could have a beta branch, so we couldn't push mm. stuff. So our tester links can also help find bugs before. Yeah, I was wondering how that works, um, but didn't have time to really look into it. Like, especially how easy it is for the for the people on the Steam side to get the beta branch. I think I've done this once and you have to like... In the properties, yeah. yeah in the properties of the game, you've got to select that. Mm. You've yeah. definitely done it for Pepper Prince because they had a... Right, that's where I <laughs> <laughs> So, so it's, yeah. it's basically when you upload it and then you set it live, hmm. there you can, you know, if we add a beta branch and you can just set it live for that one and that's hmm. basically it. Yeah. And then people want to play an unstable version they can say yes give me that all that good beta goodness yeah. <laughs> i'll probably do that or i mean i don't want to upload anything that's unstable of course but maybe that helps me like releasing updates mm. more frequently because i have now like the intro animations that i added mm. so i added intro animations don't know i think i talked about it before yeah um, I think we even looked at one and I've done like level one, two, three, four, five, yeah, and six I'm still working on. Mm. And yeah, fun, nice little things, but every time I start my day, I go through all of them and change like minor <laughs> things at each and then like half the day is gone and then start the next one. <laughs> and I don't want it feels weird to just release like half of it basically um, but now I think maybe it's for the best better than like I mean before I, I I'm finished with all of them it will take some time I think even if I find ways to make the work faster mm. I think like most of the the middle animations will be minimal Hmm. At least for now, I don't know what really should happen there. But I like like that every level gives you like a little animation, like something to look forward. I think it works quite nice. I'm not sure if uh, the thief, if the the voice and tone, like the words he uses, is the right one. The right ones you do use, mm -hmm. Kevin as well. Maybe you'll have to look over it, but yeah, all in all, I'm pretty happy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I added like the parallax effect that's not live yet. Completely forgot. I was sure I had it online already. And uh, uh, the fireflies. Then we've got Lobo here. Hey, wann kann man denn subscriben? Hab hier noch ein Prime subscription frei? I have no idea how any of that works. Yeah, no idea. Sorry, Felix. 
subscriben. Yeah, I don't know what that does for us. I let me check the settings while you talk. Okay, I talk. Uh, talk, Jan, talk. So yesterday, after being kind of down, I just decided, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really just, you know, the the stress was enough for me to say like, okay, rest of the day is free. I'm just gonna chill out, relax, like kind of get into the now again. Um, because that's, that's really the thing, right? That your, your mind just like wanders over the problem over and over again. You're stressing yourself out about what could possibly happen in the future. And it feels like you have so much to do. And so the best thing I could think of is maybe play a game, uh, maybe watch a movie. Oh, wait, can, can you subscribe before we are a partner or something like that? I don't know. So, so maybe it's impossible. because I think we might be too small to get a yeah. subscription. Hmm. Yeah, so um, I've been playing a game. I've been playing um, Mutant Year Zero. Year mm. Zero, it's called. And I think you consider it an old game already. <laughs> it's not old, old, but it's it was like one of the first that uh, were free on uh, Epic. So for me, it feels free. And I, I remember, I still remember, must be like four years ago or something. When it came out and it's a turn-based game uh, in an apocalyptic future mm -hmm. so um kind of old school fallout style mm -hmm. though it's um you are playing as mutants you've got like three characters and it's it's interesting in how it like breaks down and simplifies a lot of the things so you don't have an open world you only you have like specific levels on a map and they are really crafted specifically to do basically your fight there instead of like huge stuff and you can interact with all kinds of things and you've got like crafting and whatever in there it's it's really um, broken down to the essence of like tactical squad based game and mm -hmm. um, also the characters. You can't build characters. You 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 can't like find lots of characters. You basically I think only have three the whole game through. I think you start with two and then you get the third one. And they each have like a set um, individual skill tree. Although a couple of the skills are on several of the trees. And yeah, you you've got a you've got a, a duck. Uh, a boar and a woman who I think at later point she can turn invisible or something or she mm -hmm. can jump very high that's that's her first skill she can jump pretty high he's got she's got like little horns and it's kind of starker-esque they also they call themselves stalkers mm -hmm. and they're they've got like one city and um, they got sent in the zones where mostly mutants roam to do stuff and then you have like one storyline basically you follow 
and then there's like parallel is going there's there's another one on the characters they're wondering why they are the only real mutants they can see in the zone and stuff like that and it's really neat it's really um yeah broken down to the fun parts i'd say like the the, the gameplay is uh, real time until you ambush someone or you are seen then it gets turn-based very similar to the more recent um, UFO Unknown games with uh, XCOM. Mm. So you've got like your um, different wall sizes you can crouch behind to get um, some um, um, some shots. From protection, yeah, from attackers. Then you can use your skills. Most so you've got like passive skills, like you can jump higher or something. You can jump to stuff where normal people can't go up. Um, or you've got your active skills, like uh, guaranteed a critical hit, and the actives they always are only usable once, and then they to. Um, to become available again, you need to um, kill a certain amount of people, like three, two. Um, so it's possible to get uh, a skill re-enabled in, in one combat and use it like twice, mm -hmm. but it's kind of hard to do. Um, and you usually don't want to fight against more than three people. I, I mean, ideally, you're just gonna sneak up on one person because it's real time so the characters all have like little pathways they, they go along so you can like um like a stealth game you can just see where they just usually go and then ambush them when they are alone kill them with silent weapons mm -hmm. uh, without like making the others uh, notice and um yeah you just strategically kill all the characters around until you are like in the more or less the middle of final of the level where like a couple of characters stand too close to really um, take them out one by one then we've got the fight there um, your characters talk a little bit about the findings there you can find weapons and scrap you can use to upgrade stuff in the city um, yeah it's really streamlined it looks really nice. Cameras, everything's working really good. Um, I had I had been playing this when I got it for I don't know, like ten hours or maybe five only. Mm -hmm. So I just recently I started like getting into it again, and I thought like ah, just forget all the rules, don't stress out about everything. Just like use uh, like skill how you feel like it would be cool and don't research everything. Yeah and uh, yeah last night I was like, okay I think I know how the game goes now and I don't like the skills I picked so I've got to restart from the last point where I haven't picked like these stupid new skills <laughs> and so I replayed basically what I, I played the weeks before in one sitting because I, now I knew like how to go at, at these encounters it was much faster it felt much more um, I, 
how would you call that? Yeah, it's just um, compelling. It mm. felt like I felt more powerful, more smart about everything because I could take them all out without taking any damage. When before I remember like really having troubles trying trying to fight from different angles and always like getting hit a lot, having to use a lot of med packs and stuff. And now I can just like take them all out without anyone being even able to fire at me. Uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna play this a bunch more. I like it a lot. But it's mm. not a great game. It's not like, you know, it doesn't blow my mind, but it really tickles that specific kind of um, part of my brain that likes these tactical battles with multiple characters, especially the part where I don't get hit, <laughs> where I just like look around, think about where my characters should be standing and then attack them. Although uh, I'm now at a point where I can just like walk up to a character, ambush them just standing there where I am. Like each of my character fires one shot and the, the, the enemy is dead. Then just collect the loot and continue walking. I'm kind of afraid that, that might become boring at a time. Uh, Did you optimize yourself out of having fun? Yeah, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> I also know now, like, you can see the, the side range of each character. Mm -hmm. And if you've got, like, two characters standing side by side and they're just walking a little bit, usually if they one they are far enough out of sight, you can just kill one of them and the other one just doesn't notice. It kind of breaks the immersion because you're able to, like, kill, like, five people around one person who doesn't really realize that he's the only one still standing at a campfire. But then again, why not? I mean, I'm pretty fast. Maybe he just didn't realize that it's getting very quiet mm. all of a sudden. <laughs> and then he's dead as well. Sure. Mm -hmm. Recommend it. So I didn't buy it. So I don't know how much money I actually, like, I don't know, 10 bucks. Maybe twenty if I had any money. <laughs> I think it's worth it. Worth worth it. It's really, it's really a good game. It really knows what it wants to be, and it excels exactly at these elements. And it doesn't try to be more than that. Mm. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm still chipping away at Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Liberated all of London now. Or well, I guess more put it under my rule. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have much new opinions. I still like it a lot. Now I guess I have to get around to actually doing the missions. The proper story oh, missions. Uh, main story. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a couple of things left. I also haven't collected all collectibles mm. yet, of course. Uh, just did the whole liberating and now and then robbing a train. Mm. Um, so yeah, not much new mm. on that, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Did you play anything else? No, I don't think so. Hmm. 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 
What did I do this week? Did I do anything? Can't remember anything. Hmm. And I watched Ted Lasso with my sister. Oh, nice. It's always nice. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched Sin City. Oh, yeah, that's what I was about to say, yeah. I'm still not sure about the movie. I, I thought a little bit more about it. Um, I think if... And maybe I said that on Wednesday as well. If, like, the patriarchy and, like, this toxic masculinity wasn't a thing, then this movie could just, would be great. Like, there, there wouldn't be any problem with the movie. Like, it's just that it just uses patterns that are already problematic. Um... And I think it's it's a bit aware of that, for sure. It feels like the heart is in the right place, but I don't know. Just going through what happens in my mind, it's 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 just a lot of hyper masculinity. It's a lot of violence against women, and then you know it's broken up by a little bit of violence by women, of course. But then it gets back to. <laughs> Mostly violence against women and just like violence against other men, of course. Like this, this it's just like it's dripping with testosterone, and and I think it's it knows that, and it's not like trying to glorify it or tell you that this is how it should be, but it sure looks compelling and awesome. <laughs> I mean, that is that is the problem. It's basically the Fight Club problem. Hmm. Fight Club is supposed to be a critique of that toxic masculinity, but it looks so cool that you are like, yeah, toxic masculinity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think Sensity also have this, has this problem of being just so stylish. But I also feel like it doesn't have that quite the same problem because you're not really rooting like for any... I mean, sure, you're rooting for the worst characters to get their comeuppance, but you're not really like, I wish I was Marv or anything. You sure you... Do you? Did you want to be that guy? Sure, yeah. <laughs> well, that's something to examine within yourself, perhaps. Buffett <laughs> man, can, like, fight his way through. But he's disgustingly movies. violent. I mean, yeah, it's cool when he does it against people who, are, who suck more, but it's still, like, I don't want to be that person or know that person or be anywhere, like, in the same country as that person. Yeah. I guess maybe that's because I, I read the comics... Marv's part, especially like uh, that's a day to kill for, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, I really saw that as a, like an aspirational, like not maybe, yeah, of, obviously he's, he's troubled and problematic, but kind of dark and broody in an interesting way. And it did feel like this is like how a man should be in this violent and troublesome world and. That's what you have to be, and you be you become, of course, like um, a monster because you have to live in this monstrous world. But that's just like part of the deal, and it's still being the biggest monster is is the better thing, and like still I don't know, being nice to the dog if you can, <laughs> like shows that that he's got a heart, and yeah, I don't know. 
and it's it's also it has this um like this victim mentality at the same time like he's a victim of the world and uh, he gets the woman although he's so ugly but he doesn't like question it because he has to to just um, grasp it as long as he can get it and then she gets killed and it's also so weird if you watch it like a bit more critical like last time I watched it uh, it becomes very soon I think it became apparent that uh, what if <laughs> he's very sure that he didn't kill her you know like right from the start and then later on he starts to question it but like from the start on it it could be like he just it's just because he's so hyper um, um, hyper effective, like hyper capable, mm. that he immediately knows that she was killed and it wasn't him, and then the police is coming for him, and uh, obviously the police has to be coming for him, and uh, that he has to flee because he didn't do it and find the person. I mean, this could like be a really this could have been a horror movie as well where he kills her and then just doesn't accept the guilt and just starts murdering people to find the killer, although he is the one, you know? It's very possible. But it doesn't take the turn. It, like, it tell, it, it, there is someone bad and he was right about everything in the end. I mean, I don't know if that's actually confirmed because we only see it in his story. Okay, well. I think it could very well be that what he fears is... Although, no, his... Uh, Although that's also weird with his uh, parole officer. Mm. Like she also gets involved in the thing, but it's also strange that she's suddenly there. Yeah, that's true. And she gets killed. I mean, it could be a whole big delusion, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Vindazir. Okay, so there is definitely the problem, the the fight club problem. And surely when I was younger, I thought this was all so cool. And I still think it's so cool. But it's, now it is I think, so cool. It's but now funny. I also think it's partially so cool to me now still. And I'm not, you know, repulsed by it because, well, it's basically... Sin City, to me, is very intentionally about the patriarchy and uh, toxic masculinity. Basically, the world as it is cranked up to 11. Mm -hmm. This is a deeply misogynist world. And so all the men in it are terrible. There's just degrees of terrible. Mm -hmm. And the women in it, they can, they are, there's no way for them to be healthy versions of that. They can only exist within what this patriarchal society allows them to be. Mm. The only powerful women are the prostitutes because that's the only power given to them by men to be of sexual desire mm. to the point where they can carve themselves out a little bit of power, but that's really all they can achieve. And yet each story is about a woman needing a man to save her, but also because that's the because only men can do something in a man's world that is so aggressively a man's world mm. type of a thing. And I really like how how they really portray, like they go, I feel like there's a depth to the toxicity. It's not just, oh, look, there's a, you know, he does this one thing, that's why he's bad. 
But like the Benicio del Toro character, the guy who harasses the waitress and then goes to Old Town when he gets rejected there and kicked out by a man because he won't take no for an answer otherwise. Mm. All the things he says are so on point of what an abuser is like. Like how he... Kicked out by... Ah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, by a clever one. Um, Everything he says is so... Yeah, textbook abuser yeah that's true that you know the the constant eschewing of responsibility or it's like out of nowhere i get treated badly no reason at all like even when he points a gun at the prostitute to abduct her and they cut off his hand he's like there's no reason for this at all (laughs) all the entire time so it knows what an abuser looked like and it portrays it in a way that has depth and where I feel like this is more an indictment indictment of it than a celebration of it. But of course it is still made by, you know, a 1990s Frank Miller, I suppose. Um, And so it is still made by a guy who has a limited perspective and there are still things in it that are just shitty. And some tropes, they're just replicated and not critiqued but yeah i can like i sort of appreciate that there's more of a depth and more of a uh, an understanding of how fucked up that is mm. and i really like you know i've also been thinking about that a lot and how each of these stories like kind of you know explores these different ways in which men abuse women and but what really cemented how good Sin City is to me is I tried to watch Sin City 2. I remember not liking it. I wanted to see. I remember we watched it together. I made it through the first half hour then I turned it off. It is so empty, so devoid of anything that makes Sin City good. It's just the texture. And through that, that it's just texture, no substance, nothing it wants to say, just this is cool, this looks cool, this sounds cool. It feels Look at their breasts. Oh, naked breasts. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, it felt vile. Just like rotten to the core. And that part, when Empty. it's just texture, yeah. then it feels like the texture is the point. And when it's presented as cool, then it's like, this is this is great. Hmm. Marv randomly killing people. That's, that's why we're here, because it's so cool to watch him kill. It's basically like seeing a sequel done like Jarhead 2. <laughs> Um, done by someone else who missed the point of of the original movie. It's really weird. Well, there are <laughs> movies like that. Let's just say Rambo, the second one. I've never First seen it. I'm so curious about time. it. <laughs> well, he goes to Afghanistan to help the Mujahideen, the I mean, freedom that's... fighters, and then he just like... <laughs> I mean, that's the Rambo I always knew as a kid. Yeah. And then when I watched the first Rambo, I was like, what's this? Yeah. I didn't know that it, was, that it was such a quiet, sad movie. Yeah. I thought it was like a killing machine. Rambo, that's why you know Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> the first one was Subversion, and then the, the third one, uh, the, the second one just became what it was subverting. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yeah, I also felt that way about Aliens. I feel like... Turning that quiet, meditative, psychological aura into just, yeah, that was, I mean, I liked it fine when I rewatched it a couple of years ago, but I'm still mad about it. It's just not, 
just feels like a betrayal to the genre the, the original movie belongs to. Yeah. And then all the words that all everybody says, that's the best one. What? Nobody says that. Most people think Aliens is the best out of the whole thing. <laughs> they think it's better than the first one. And that infuriates me. How very dare you. Yeah. That's ridiculous. No, yeah, I, I, I get it I, with the Sin City, Back mm. to Sin City. I completely get that. I think it's it's just because the 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 movies we have, like the it's always it's already so saturated with these tropes that like using these tropes to explore it a little more critically is bound to fail, basically. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, if you are aware. And you know you're like giving it, cutting it some slack, and really want to, you know, like it. Then I think you, it's still really enjoyable. But I think, um, yeah, it's probably like overall, it didn't have like a good impact. <laughs> I actually think that Sin City is a lot like. Um... I just had it. Where did it go? The Shining. The Shining is also supposed to be an exploration of an abusive father and husband, but also is like a little problematic in many aspects in that it makes Jack Nicholson kind of cool and the iconic cool moments mm. awesome and makes the wife kind of a one-note, helpless, scared character. And That's true. I mean, I think she has some strong moments too, but yeah, overall, surely. She doesn't really get a personality. She just gets to be scared. Interestingly, yeah. mm -hmm. I've heard like the Doctor Sleep is not regarded well at all by most people. What? How is that possible? I have no idea. I love that movie. Like people who liked the book or... Just people on Reddit. Right? <laughs> yeah, that makes no sense. Yeah, but the, I don't know. The, the, you know, the movie subreddits are weird. Like, they have, like, some... It's really, depending on the day, you're yeah. getting, like, really weird recommendations or really well... Yeah. Um, um, thought through posts about interesting movies and then, yeah. You never know what you're getting. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I can't imagine that. Because from what I hear, it's, I mean, it's obviously a good sequel to the movie, but yeah. apparently it's also a good sequel to the book. Hmm. That it kind of combines the two, because the book is... I haven't, I haven't read it very far, so I'm not sure, but hmm. I think the book is quite different from The Shining. Um, but I think he managed to combine the both to make a sequel to both. And if I heard that right, Stephen King also liked it this time. It's weird. It's not a good sign. <laughs> and everything else. Well, I think it you know, was a, what what Kubrick did was a big deviation from what he wanted Shining to be, mm -hmm. and uh, I think that's why he just didn't. I think he came around eventually to say, "Yeah, it's." Fine. And Stephen King is is a weirdo. In any case, so I don't know how much weight I'd give his opinion. Although I mean, he does write like good horror books. That's, mm -hmm. that's for sure. Uh, doctor. 
I also heard like a lot of people critiquing the performance of the the antagonist woman. But mm. the artist, uh, it's a Rebecca Ferguson. I yeah, believe. exactly. That she wasn't menacing enough. I don't know. I felt yeah. just the right way for me. Really reminded me of uh, someone I know. <laughs> kind of scared of her now. Ah, King did enjoy Doctor Sleep. <laughs> and he says, oh, it says Doctor Sleep redeems The Shining. Mm. So. <laughs> so it was that good. That's how it was. <laughs> that it changed King's opinion on the movie he hated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I also didn't think that she needed to be especially menacing. She's clearly mm. very capable and very like selectively caring yeah she doesn't have to be like <laughs> evil dimensional evil, evil yeah mm. to be scary i think it makes her more scary that she's like she's got like these human properties or like this she really reminded me like of narcissistic um or like not not, not too nasty or like little narcissistic hippie people mm. who are really like yeah, you kind of imagine that these communes and they're all harmony because everybody's like loving and kindness and there's always like trouble in there with like some toxic people and she really feels like one of these people who's got like a bad drug addict uh, habit and um, uh, all right, drags, drags the rest down. Huh, I hadn't even really thought about the addiction subtext there with the steam and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't find not, her... It's not subtext, but yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um, but yeah, I also didn't find her scary, but there's just something very unnerving about mm. a warm character who's so completely callous yeah. regarding, you know, children's lives. And yeah. So that's... Exactly. It's just such a weird disconnect between um, a person that you kind of really like because they're so warm in a way. I don't know. She's mm. a very likable yeah. and therefore very unnerving villain, I have to feel. He's char- charismatic. Yeah. But with like this dark undertone that's unnerving, yeah. Yeah, that scene with the little baseball kid. Mm. That is one of those scenes where I feel like that's almost not okay to put that on film. It's yeah. like it's too well done. Yeah. It's the kind of... It's like that. that's sort of what I want to go for with the, um, with the scene by the water that I told you about. Mm-hmm. To kind of get into that space where it's not, yeah. it's not really okay to... It's too, it's, too, it's too real. There's kind of a contract with fiction that what we're looking at... Is all made up, even if it's horrible and terrible. Mm. But there are ways to make that so realistic that it just is kind of like, I no, that's not okay. <laughs> that goes on for so long. I love it. It's great. It's a fantastic yeah. movie. Yeah, it's definitely. Might actually be one of my favorite movies when I think about it. Yeah. Oh, I wish I could see it again for the first time. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be awesome. 
Well, I had I had the luck to watch like two great movies for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even three. I've got a lot, like I've got a lot, lot of stuff on this list because I didn't get to to tell everything last week. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, let's just get get rid of a couple of things here. <laughs> um, so first, uh, the kid who would be king. Uh-huh. It's a really good movie. Hmm. It's it's really really nice, positive. I think um, it's a little more like geared towards like young adults, uh-huh. like teens. Um, it had a surprisingly, um, progressive story to tell. Mm -hmm. Like there were a couple of beats where you thought you knew where it goes because it always goes that way. And it subverts it nicely that you're thinking, ah, yes, we're making progress here. That's not a thing we are like really worrying anymore about. So let's, let's kick that off let's get to the good stuff um great performances great performance of the kids nicely diverse i mean could be more but um i think like having been in england a couple of times it really shows the diverse people that they have in england Mm -hmm. it shows like a realistic picture of who's who's walking around there mm-hmm. um, very positively. It's got interesting characters. It's It does all the, you know, young, young adult, like teenage adventure shenanigans you mm-hmm. would expect. And it kind of, and for me, it started a bit slow. I was a bit like, ah, underwhelmed by the whole thing. I thought like, oh, that's okay. But after the setup, and it starts going, it just gets better and better and better, and it keeps getting better until the very end, where it just ends really, really good. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one we could we could watch. I think Bali would be interested as well. Mm. Lots of things to watch with Bali. Mm. Um, so then, uh, next on the list is... The documentary team Foxcatcher. Uh-huh. Have you heard anything about that? Wait, what was the first one with the documentary? It's a documentary. It's called Team Foxcatcher. Oh. No, I just heard of a film called Foxcatcher. What's Foxcatcher? Isn't it? With, uh, where Steve Carroll has like sort of prosthetics and he plays kind of an abusive manager or something. Hmm. Am I thinking of something weird? I mean, possibly. So Team Foxcatcher is a documentary about um, an American... It has a really compelling story. Uh, it's probably... Yeah, it's about... That's about the document... About what's happened there. Ah, so this is the dramatization yeah. of a real thing, I suppose, and that's about that. Yeah, I don't think you have to watch that. Um, because the documentary is amazing. Um, how can I... So it starts out with like this... Yeah, I, I need one too. Yep. This big uh, estate of obviously a very rich person. 
and the police coming in because when you hear like the you, you can listen into a conversation between one of the like the police guy and uh, the person inside the mansion and the police guy is ah we need to come in there you know like someone got killed on your farm and he's like nope you can't come in this is my land and then you know, it goes back way when everything started about the estate and about, um, uh, I forgot the name. Damn it, I think we need to, to, to look up the name of the guy whose estate that is. It's a very... Sean Dupont? Yes, thank you. <laughs> it's a very famous uh, French family, so they are rich beyond belief. Oh, that's probably Dupont. Dupont, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this this guy, um, he's a very like sports into sports a lot. Like, and his his family told him that his parents said that he that re she, he shouldn't do wrestling because that's like what poor people do, mm -hmm. and it's not something and black people and stuff. So obviously, he wants to do that. And I think when when his parents are dead, he starts like going into wrestling mm -hmm. um, and it was a time where the the Russians like were dominating wrestling because they paid their wrestlers uh, to train and in America this wasn't like so famous that, that they would get any money so they would like stop pretty early so they couldn't get good enough to really have a, a chance against the Russians and this DuPont guy he starts like investing into wrestling and with the goal to make America the world leader, uh, like the, the world champion in wrestling. And he's got like one guy, uh, especially, who's like a world-class American wrestler, like the best there is. Mm -hmm. And he gets them on the farm, like the this, this farm is where the team Foxcatcher is, and team Foxcatcher is um, is financing swimming teams. Um, I think something with horses as well, and whatever else, fencing maybe. Just whatever he's into, he just finances builds like huge gymnasiums for them to train, and he does the same thing for the wrestlers. And then it's it's basically about. Um, how more and more wrestlers get there, um, like the the main wrestler guy whose name I unfortunately forgot again. Maybe you can help me out. I just looked at it. Yeah, right. I think it's a probably uh, Dave Schultz. Dave Schultz, yeah. Everybody loved him. He 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 gets on with Dupont very well. Uh, he moves on the ranch with his uh, two children and wife, and like a lot of people move there. They train, they get better and better. Um, but while all that is happening, the mental state of Dupont deteriorates more and more. And at the end, he becomes apparent that he's got a drug habit as well. He gets very paranoid. And yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, it's a thriller. It's a real-life thriller. And it it um, it shows very well um, how how wealth gives you like benefits on a level that 
uh, hard to understand if you don't come from wealth. Mm. Like what he's able to do and what he's able to get away with and his connections also within the police. Like they all play into the final, the, yeah, the, the end basically where he just goes mental. But it's not just, it's also like the, the, the belief of, of all those people that he's kind of the good guy, you know, and um, at the same time, they they make him because he he finances everything. They are dependent of him, mm. so they need to entertain his weirdness and his whims, and they do that. And there is a line, and they cross it. Like there's an obvious line where where they know this is getting too weird, but they still continue doing it because they, they are not honest and they feel um, they need the money, basically. Not to blame the victims here, but it's it's very apparent that they must have known. I mean, they, they did know. And like, they, it's it's got interviews with like all the important people it's got so much video material because um, yes, we're just like people, like wrestling people who just like like to film stuff and you get an insight into the weird world of someone who's got more money than he knows what to do with, but at the same time never got the love of his parents he needed to become a healthy person and is trying to buy that love with the money and yeah until everything falls spectacularly and not spectacular is the wrong word but horribly horribly and would just guess horribly wrong in the end and hmm. honestly i like you know it, it starts out with with the murder you forget that and it becomes it becomes fun you watch it and you enjoy it and, ah it's just such a wacky and it's it's cool that he finances them and oh they're they're getting closer to their goal and then you know you, you get you get this feeling in your stomach that you know where it's going and you are wondering like why isn't this character interviewed like everybody else had to say something but he didn't and then yeah <laughs> you learn the truth mm. and having known anything I, I didn't know nothing about the whole shebang i think in in the us it's way more famous and people know where, where it's going but i didn't and yeah really left me with some thoughts mm. but i think it's worth it definitely yeah and uh, kind of in the same vein uh, when i'm on that part um there's currently um a podcast uh-huh. it's just launched it's a six part investigative journalism story it's called Cubono, uh, Cubono, uh-huh. uh, WTF, uh, happened to Ken Yapsen. 
Have you heard of Kenny Epson before? Nope. Me neither. I think it was a little bit before our time. But he is a he was a radio personality. Um, his parents were immigrants, I think. And he started out making like this really wild show uh, where he just interviewed all kinds of people, like lots of um, underground artists. And he just went on the street to talk to people. And he had like this real um, alternative program where he just, he would just like play music and then he would just intercut the music with stuff and then continue the music. And it was like, um, legendary, like just when we we have were kids probably, um, but more he like his goal was to become more and more famous, and he tried to grasp like for bigger and bigger gigs. He went to the VDR maybe or something like that, but mm -hmm. N NRV like some some radio, some um, state-owned radio program um, from the Öffentlich-Rechtliche where they had like trouble with, with his stuff and then he kind of made some weird comments about the Holocaust and drifted off into like the conspiracy talk with 9-11 especially. And now he's one of the most vocal people in the Querdenker. Uh. Sure. Yeah. And it, it follows basically because he made so many programs, it kind of follows it is really well produced uh, episode by episode, like how in the hell does this like kind of progressive, weird, lefty radio personality morph into now more kind of right wing conspiracy nut. Mm -hmm. Like, um, it's really fascinating and I felt like there was a connection between these both both these stories, like Team Foxcatcher and um, Kubono about like how people change, but also how much you could have seen if you only would have listened to what they're really saying. Mm. Like you can like from the beginning you can you feel that that Ken Jebsen is, is, has kind of a weird vibe, hmm. but I'm sure like I would have, no, I wouldn't have noticed it back then either, but in the, yeah, it just, you know, morphs, it just crystallizes, uh, I think is a good word to describe it, and hardens to the point where you've now got like a really convinced, um, yeah, guy, and, and the question why, how, what steps it took, uh, I find it fascinating, like mm. this um, this process of like, because it could have gone the other way, right? It could have, in both cases, um, they could have found like a healthy way to deal with their problems and still do good or like do their what they want to do um, but somehow they never got 
the hell I mean they never looked for it probably and they were like very I think they both are like the, the DuPont guy for example he was always um, very unwilling to take any help to accept any help because he already knew what he was doing and, and Kenny Apson also is like a person who's very certain that he knows what's right and he knows what 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 um is good and yeah um it's yeah it's it's a really great uh, listening it's not all all of the episodes are out i think like five maybe i don't know where i'm at four or five yeah produced by studio Boomins, which i think is my my favorite studio now uh, they are uh, they also made the uh, apocalypse and filter cafe and uh, what's that um, the one with the Viva moderator I like so much Viva Kafka Viva too no. Uh, she wrote uh, Feuchtgebiet. Oh, Charlotte Roach. Charlotte Roach, yeah. She's got a podcast with her uh, husband. Ah, they right. Talk, yeah. They talk about, yeah, yeah relationship stuff. And it's also Studio Women's. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm sure, like, the name came from her or someone around her because that's, that's like, her slang. I love that. <laughs> In any case, uh, really, really, really well produced for free. You can listen on any podcast thingy you want. Um I find it fascinating, especially like it's so well produced. It's like like a Hörspiel, um, uh, audio play, audio play. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, I guess that all comes down to that curiosity judgment dichotomy. You take the path of judgment, invariably, it has to lead you to some bullshit places. It makes you incapable to, like, change your course. Yeah, if you already know everything, then the only thing you're gonna learn is more things that you already knew. Yeah. <laughs> Just more stuff to harden your stance, because yeah. everything Confirmation else is bias. fake, fake news. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if the news fit your narrative, that's the true news. Doesn't matter where they come from. And yeah, everything else, fake news. Yeah, probably always comes down to not taking responsibility. Yeah. Finding scientific reasons why it's other people's fault. It just sounds right, you know. I know it's right because it sounds right. Makes sense <laughs> to me. Yeah. Also today, uh, the New New York Times has released... Um, what did they call it? Video analysis or something uh, of the the rights, the, not the rights, the, <laughs> the assault on July six. Was it July June June six? The June six uprising. No, what was it? January. Are we talking about the? Ah, January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. How was it? Okay. The couple capital. Yeah, the capital, storming of the capital. Storming of the capital, yeah. It's like a 40-minute video um, taking all the video evidence they have from the people who posted it, 
from body cam footage of the police people mm. um, like with like really nice animations where they come in like breaking it down minute to minute telling you how long the police was able to pull them back there when the police kind of gave up um, fascinating horrible watch mm. I uh, well I watched it today of course because I was uh, too intrigued by watching all that again did not help my mood of course but it was still very interesting Speaking of video essays, that's what I've been doing this week. That's why I couldn't remember. I, do you know uh, Noah Caldwell Gervais? No. That is a video game long-form analysis channel. Mm -hmm. um, and he basically he does like one to four hour videos going through games mm -hmm. and series. Maybe I know it then. Just the, the name doesn't really ring a bell, but I know like a channel who does that. <laughs> can't um, think, I can't. I don't think there are too many <laughs> who would do that. Uh, it's very. I mean the 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 analysis is really good and really, like I really appreciate how he also brings in, you know, kind of casually like the context in which this stuff mm -hmm. exists. You know, I watched. Uh, Things about the um, Call of War Rest series, mm. uh, you know, and he does bring up, you know, um, all the stuff about how this is like a kind of a bullshit mythology, uh, you know, kind of trying mm. to uh, whitewash a genocide and all that stuff. And it comes, you know, he, he talks about these things and he talks about the. It's mostly analysis of the story, and every now and then I don't know what to call it or why I like that so much, but I wouldn't expect someone to bring up. How misogynist something is or something. Uh, that's that's like you know, mm. there's like a little sentence to acknowledge that, and mm. that's always nice. Um, I also kind of, I mean, that's the thing that I'm ambivalent about. It's very like low production value, mm. so like he trips up a lot mm. uh, in his readings and stuff, and doesn't take that out. <laughs> but at the same time, I kind of you know admire the the ability to let that go and just be mm. like i mean you get it okay so i stumble over my words now and then who gives a shit type of thing yeah i mean it must be tough if you got like four hour <laughs> to, to edit your like <laughs> yeah but i would too. sit there a month and fix everything and make everything perfect and just, like, <laughs> and just, i'm just gonna put it yeah. out there that's because something there's still that part of me is always like ah, why didn't you cut that out yeah <laughs> But it's probably a healthier approach. Yeah, <laughs> Just be like, sure. um, but yeah, that's pretty cool. So I watched hours upon hours of video game analysis, and it's very, really, it's really very insightful. Like, I feel like I'm learning a lot also about storytelling and stuff. Yeah, um, I love videos like that. I love the whole like game analysis analysis. Mm -hmm. Uh, wave we have now yeah like, there's so much great stuff you can't you can't like play all the games and really think about them but like we've there are so many people who do that you just can watch the videos but yeah, yeah it's tough to watch like a two hour video <laughs> I <got time>. <laughs> <laughs> and i got into it because uh 
Why was I thinking about Mass Effect? Oh, Legendary Edition? Probably. And I was thinking about the ending and I was kind of like, I'm really kind of interested in what, you know, like actual people with some understanding of stuff say about it, basically. And uh, that's how I got into it because he was uh, like basically reviewing the whole the whole trilogy. Mm. And I think that was a three or four hour video, if I remember correctly. It was long. Mm. I was like, yes, that's exactly what I want. And it was uh, exactly the kind of insightful commentary in a way. He talks about the limitations and all the things that went wrong. And it also gave me a kind of a new perspective. Because, um, I mean, I always liked... I mean, very obviously, I always liked these games. <laughs> um, and I always liked the ending. Mm. Which is, of course, a very, you know, touchy subject for many gamers, it seems. Yeah, for gamers, TM. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, this, I, this, it's such a, that was such a weird event. That was very weird. I mean, it, it just happened once, right? And never, never before. And I mean, up till now, you know, knock on wood, never again that like gamers managed to hassle the studio into changing the ending of their game. And it's also really interesting to hear more about because it's one of those typical things where you know, there's the saying in writing and editing that. Your audience is great at telling when something's wrong. Hmm. They're te terrible at telling what it is. Hmm. So you should always get feedback from people. You should never listen to what they say. Why? Yeah. <laughs> it's so, the same, same with game development and listening absolutely. to testers. Absolutely. It's, um, so people knew there was something wrong with the game. And they figured, oh, it's because in the end you only have three choices and they're all the same. That's not what the game is about. Mm. That's so stupid. And then when people try, when dumb people try to intellectualize <laughs> that nonsense, it's so infuriating to me. You know, this whole thing of, ah, Mass Effect was a game about choice. And in the end, they take the choice away by only giving you three options and they're all the same. And I'm like, Mass Effect was never about choice. The choice was the method of gameplay. And really, the story didn't change because of it. You changed a nuance. And that's yeah. the same thing you do in the end. You choose a nuance of the same end, just as you chose the nuance of every same story that you played. That was very much a time where uh, having the, the role-playing game experience change with each choice you make. And like how big the difference is was like the it still is the holy grail mm -hmm. you know and i i i loved like mass effect one um i don't remember too much about the second part i i've, I've heard a lot of people say that the second part is the best it's oh, it's the worst i yeah i don't know why i say that but um, which is still good it's just not yeah. the best. It's just, it's the most shootery game. And I think that's why the gamers like it. Yeah, it's not only the gamers that like it. But yeah, it's probably because the um, the gameplay maybe felt just more smooth. It's, um, it's, yeah, it's the most action-oriented title. Yeah. So I think that's why people think it's the best game. But, but people yeah. just hate on, on the combat, like on the old, uh, in the first game. I think game. so. I mean, I don't and, get it. I uh, love it, but... Yeah, I like it too. I mean, pause... 
shoot paws. <laughs> it's just like it's how I play all of my role playing games. So <laughs> I don't know what that's wrong with that. Exactly. <laughs> huh. I still haven't watched uh, played the third one, and I am I'm waiting for the legendary edition to became become uh, like cheap. So I can waterball buy it. Affordable is the word I was looking for, but I think <laughs> uh, I'll I get one get one lower. I want I want to have it cheap. <laughs> I already own like the first and the second game. I don't want to pay I don't know twenty for all of them. Maybe I would. I would see. think it would be sixty for all of them right now. That's too much. Pretty sure they're not putting the legendary edition out for twenty bucks. Not I yet, haven't they, checked yet. But. Not yet, but they will. Eventually they will. They all do. Except <laughs> Blizzard, those bastards. Um, but yeah, it, it always pissed me off how that was such a fundamental misunderstanding of what the game is. Because you were never deciding the story. And I feel like that's such an... Yeah. That is like a deeply narcissistic entitled thing that you think you can control the entire universe. <laughs> it's always been a game about character. The choices you make, they don't change much. They change how surface you, detail. Yeah, how you do it, not what you do. Exactly. It, it decides what kind of shepherd you are. Hmm. And that's the exact same thing in the end. You choose what kind of shepherd you are. Do you want to control? Do you want to free everyone or something else? <laughs> and uh, I decided suddenly that that might be a spoiler. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that always really annoyed me. But it's really interesting to then hear a critique of the entire game, not just, wait, at the end I'm realizing this was actually not as cool as I thought it was, <laughs> yeah. but to like also get some insight into the backgrounds of how the game was developed, because apparently after the second one came out, EA pushed them. The first game took five years to develop. Hmm. The second game, I think, was two or three years, and then they wanted it out by 18 months. It had to be bigger and quicker done and it had to appeal to new audiences and that's the oh, part I hate that. and that's why that game sucks and that's also the part that i always disliked there's like you know there's new members of the crew like a cool marine but like a really boring kind of marine you know like mm. from gears of war or something if that's the big beefy dudes that's the big beefy dudes yeah so a guy like that and one big beefy woman oh wow yeah. that's nice um, and yeah, they put him in so that because he's new, and then that character learns basically about the history. And that's how the new players can learn about it. It's the player insert, the new player insert. That's uh, okay, I guess. It's bullshit. It's absolutely. I I hate it. It's not a bad idea to do it. It's so bad. It's so bad. They didn't have to do... I mean, they sort of... I mean, there were also new characters in the second. There's just better ways to do it. But apparently, yeah, but not sure. if you only have 18 months. I mean, it's not the worst way to do it, but if you have only 18 months, even that is going to be tough, I'm sure. I mean, it's silly anyway, because these games were always about, you know, import your previous saves and yeah. stuff, and now suddenly we're pretending like they don't exist. Well, you, ne you never want to, to make it like your game or your movie dependent on the movies before because you will always have lots of new people coming that's in. That's what that a point. trilogy is in the end. It's a three-part, one-part thing. Yeah, but... I don't... Like, you can't watch Kill Bill 2 and say I watched a cool movie. 
Well, I guess Kill Bill is an exception. And I think that's just because Tarantino really was able... I mean, that was his baby, right? But they made him cut it apart. It's one movie. That's also why I hate it when people say, I like Kill Bill 1 better than the second. It's the same movie. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, well, usually that's what you do. That's just, like, common practice, right? I mean, it's with movies, it's with, with books, every time. You expect people to be able to start at any point. But I... But I feel like that applies more to something like Assassin's Creed or Call of Duty or like these series where they're not necessarily telling one story. And sure, I get it, business practices, but still forcing. And I mean, that's also responsible for the part, I think, that people hate it. For for you, it feels like all the Mass Effect games are one story, basically. It is one story. Okay. Like the problem isn't solved in the first game. That's the Mm. beginning of the whole thing. It feels very, very... It feels like it could stop at that point, although because it it, it opens it up because it, but it makes it I don't know interesting. I like endings like that. I, I could let it live with the first part only, but the sure. second one obviously is like okay, there's gonna be more. I mean, what you learn in the first part even is there's coming, there's a Reaper invasion coming, and you yeah. basically postpone it yeah. by doing things. I guess I'm not gonna spoil it, yeah. but uh, but it's it's like it's like the Matrix. That's only the beginning. It's very, very clearly only the beginning. Mm. Neo just woke up. That's all it is. He tells the machines, now the war starts. So I don't know why people pretend like two and three were never intended to happen. It's very obviously the first chapter in a three-part story. So. <laughs> and now we're getting part four. <laughs> oh, that should be interesting. Yeah. I hope it doesn't suck. Yeah. But yes, so the thing that people hate, in which you've surely heard about the Star Child... Mm. So that's the thing. What they shoehorn in is that, you know, in the third part, there's the, the mayhem part, you know, Earth is under attack, mm-hmm. blah, blah, all that stuff. Yeah, I remember the trailer. And you, Shepard sees a little boy that, you know, is hiding in the vents and he can't save him. He has to go. He thinks that the boy is leaving, but the ship, or he like, he gets him out, puts him on a ship and the ship is shot down. And then he keeps reappearing in his dreams. And in the end, he's the star child that does something. And that's mm. what people hated. And the thing is, that kid is there to represent the guilt of Shepard to not having been able to save everyone. Mm. But that's only there so that new players have like the weakest. It's, it's so weak mm. because it's supposed to appeal to players who don't have the previous games where you already have all that buildup, where you have all that guilt and all the people you couldn't save. And they shoehorned in the stupid solution. And it's and that's why that game is terrible, because of but terrible giveness. That's not terrible. But was that from the beginning or is that the change they, they made in the end? No, that's the what the what the third game suddenly okay. suddenly adds this kid. So you have some emotional investment mm. basically. But first of all, it fails on that level because you you don't give a shit about a child you never met. Yeah. And yeah, and it can't, child. yeah, and it can't replicate the emotional investment the first two games yeah. create. And so basically it's this shitty business practice that that yeah. hurt a, a still really good game. And, you know, the game is also, it has some moments that are quite empty and encounters that don't matter if you don't, like, play them because you think you have to. You mm-hmm. can literally, for half the game, when there's, like, storms or things, you can just stand there. 
and nothing happens. Hmm. It's basically you're being told, oh, shoot all of them, and you think, oh, God, I have to shoot them, but you don't actually have to. Hmm. It's, it's those kind of, you know, because they didn't have time. Hmm. And so in the end, what people hated is shitty business practices. But what they took away from it is, ah, oh, the developers, mm. and they started harassing mm. people and death threats, and it became... I feel like that was also... That was around the time when the whole Gamergate thing happened, right? Yeah, I don't know. It was exactly that time, or just before, just afterwards. I think it was yeah. just before, I think. And I think I still... That was still when I liked being on Twitter, so it must have been just before. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> this, 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 yeah. I mean... The, <laughs> It is. Is this what said that start? Did Mass Effect's failure start? <laughs> Gamergate uh, led to Trump <laughs> the capital storm. I mean, uh, technically, it was the Depression Quest that started Gamergate. Well, let's not blame the victims. No, no. I mean, that's not her fault. It's the shitty reaction of people who think women can't be depressed because they can just have sex anytime they want. I thought it was about. It's not a game. <laughs> It was because a, I can't shoot people. I don't know. I mean, that was the justification for why they hated a game by a woman that was... No, I think the justification... No, 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 wait. wait. It started because of the shitty ex-boyfriend. But that so happened it, after the already backlash against Depression Quest. And okay. then the shitty ex-boyfriend pretended like she had only gotten that game famous because she was sleeping with a journalist hmm. who I think hadn't even reviewed the game. He was no, just, just dating just someone. Men- he mentioned it. And the breakdown about some event where sh- depression quest was as well. And I think it just, it really started because people hated Zoe Quinn. They hated that she made depression quests. I remember the comments of how can you be depressed? You can just lie down on the ground with your legs open and you have some guy and don't need to be depressed. Hmm. Things like that. And it spiraled off from there. Hmm. Oh God! I mean, this toxic gamer culture is still so much alive. Yep. I'm currently on Reddit on the subreddit Girl Gamers mm-hmm. because gamers is appalling to follow. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the good parts of them is like posing with their huge gaming setups. Mm. And I don't know, girl gamer setups, they are such, they're so much cuter and <laughs> nicer. Much more have one of those. Uh, but it's like every every day there are like a handful of posts about um, girls getting harassed mm-hmm. um, on when they, you know, dare to speak uh, in live games, you know, and then. Um, now, the last couple of days was was about um, was a lot about um, the modding scene for Skyrim in particular. Mm-hmm. If you go like on ModDB, for example, for Skyrim, you wanna just see what mods there are. Like the top mods are all all like sexualized women mods, okay. like with like very explicit pictures, and of course, it's not really appealing and nice for someone who's also a woman and doesn't, you know, like being objectified like that. Hmm. And yeah, now the last thing I read today was about visual novels and why they're still always like uh, teenage, like girl that's, 
actually way too looks way too young, but it's actually three hundred years or robot or some sure. other like thinly wheeled um, explanation why it's okay to um, fuck that person um, and just a depiction of women in general there how they are just like <laughs> there for, to pleasure men basically yeah, uh, yeah. and. I don't know, that's, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of old dudes and gamers, but I, I'm like, as a person who's holding up for the next generations to bring progress, that's so disheartening to hear <laughs> that they are still so poisoned by, I don't know, society, media, mm-hmm. to, I don't know be unable, unwilling to treat women like they are people too. Hmm. Yeah. On the other hand, there are a lot of uh, women who love visual novels and who are waiting to have one, even a romantic one, as long as it's not toxic and vile and exploitative and whatever else you can think of. So... We just need an artist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, just as a callback to Muted, Uh uh, Year Zero, of course I didn't want to restart the game to a, like a road, load a previous part to be able to change my skills i did google how can i respec my skills and the only answers i found was where well, no you can't and i hope they never implement it because games have to have consequences and it's like Dude, I just gotta reload the game and play all the way through. It's not about consequences. It's like it's just it's just making the game like more of a hassle for me. It's not like improving anything for me. And how how are you so weak that you need this? That you you can't allow <laughs> being able to change skills. That you can't just like. Uh, I but mean, why? That was what I think was thinking earlier. Why you spend so much time optimizing and starting over a hundred times and stuff? Why not make the best of what you have? Take what you are given. Well, that's what I'm doing in life. Yeah, and why so not? How, in a how game? can I? Why can't I relax in a game? And if I don't like my skill choices, game, you get to choose. Them. I mean, in a game, you get to choose your skills. In life, you don't even get to choose that. But then you know you make the best yeah, of it. Choose a little bit, but yeah, you invest your time. Yeah. Nah. You're never gonna play a Kanum if you're not at some point gonna say, I'm gonna just play this character who can do these things. It's okay. I mean, just give me like a potion I can drink to reskill if I'm like, just give me one. If I make a mistake. That's, that, that's not realistic role playing. <laughs> these are the cards you're dealt. Role play. No. Yes. I mean, so, okay. <laughs> Let's say. Mm-hmm. It, I think you don't need you don't know that the whole 
whole circumstances why I want uh, to respect. Okay. So there's um, a skill, for example, that is called, I think, Corpse Eater or something, mm -hmm. which allows my boar to consume the corpses to regenerate health. Mm -hmm. Seems like a great thing. I always want to, like, not use health packs. And it seems like great, there are like corpses everywhere, wherever I go. <laughs> so there's lots of things to do. So I have skill in there. And I mean, I didn't really, you know, I didn't, I wasn't quite as, um, you know, my attention wasn't the best. I was playing, you know, late at night and uh, being a little bit intoxicated. So I did not realize that the the my main skill that i love a lot will be replaced with the corpse eating i can only have one of them so i invested in one that i don't really i mean i thought like okay i can still use it i just switch around when i need to heal i use that for the next combat okay it's a bit of a hassle but i can i can deal with that but then i found out i can only use this skill when i'm in combat as soon as combat ends, I can't eat the corpses anymore to heal. Mm -hmm. So I need my uh, my hog guy to instead of fight in the combat when the combat is still running, run and eat corpses to regenerate health, and it's just unfeasible. So it was just a bad skill, just like weirdly implemented that I can't do it outside of combat and it replaces the skill where, okay, that was my fault that I didn't really read that into. Mm. But, you know, it's, it's not that I can, you know, deal... I mean, I, of course I could continue playing the game and then just, like, ignore that I just wasted, like, huge amount of points to go that route that for a skill that I am not using because it's useless. And then I... Don't like. Why? So, what will happen if you do that? You can still skill the other ones, right? Well, I'm playing on hard. Maybe at some point I would have to change the difficulty low, to lower it a little bit. What I mean, I get it if it was not what you expected what it was, but what is it about a Carnum that you just can't play that game? And <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of uh, like just the anxiety of starting it again and streaming it. It's like every day when I'm like at the end of a day and I think like, oh, I'm going to play some game. I could play a Carnum. And I... I I do want to play Arcano, but the streaming is just like a little bit of a, you know, a bump. And then I play something else or I just watch a movie. Most of the time I just watch a movie. Sure. I mean, don't stream it. That, that is an extra pressure. But why have you started with that over 10, 20 times? Mm. Also a little bit of these, these problems. But as, if I have like a good start, mm -hmm. then I can cope with whatever comes more or less. I mean, I do, I do reload if I'm not happy with something <laughs> turns out, but yeah, I have, a, like, I have a specific idea in mind how I want to play the game. And if I'm just like I'm unable, for example, to let the fat ogre at the beginning join my party because I put one point into charisma instead of uh, whatever else. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should have put it in charisma instead of pers uh, appearance, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Then I, I feel like cheated. I feel like it's not... I knew that I had to do that and it's kind of weird and I, 
I want that character. That's the story I want to play. Mm-hmm. So I reload it. Yeah. And then yeah, sometimes I just like uh, make the mistake of skilling something else wrong. And then I feel, uh, then I play the game a little bit. And then I, I mean, often I, I just don't know the exact um, way this game is going to play. I had that with Mutant uh, as well. Um, where you don't actually know you like the the game wants you to invest in skills and attributes before you actually know what they do Mm -hmm. and then they they force you to play a story that you don't want to play or force you to play in a way that i don't like to play so i restart the game now knowing well okay so like um Ranged combat is bullshit in this game. So, okay, then my main character obviously has to be a melee character. Or, like, okay, sneaking doesn't work like I thought it would work. So, well, I won't waste points I put in in sneaking. I'm just going to play a different character. And so I restarted. And that's that's how that goes. I feel like there's, like, a lesson in there. Like trying to control so yeah. much that you end up doing nothing and maybe it's good practice to just let it go and just see what happens and i am practicing that <laughs> in a way like smaller quantity in a quantity i'm like more willing to take especially when it's about entertainment like i want to have fun in the game i don't want to like fight my way through and just like every time ignore that my character has like 10 points in ranged attacks and I'm never using it again because it's bullshit. But I mean, maybe you'll learn to appreciate it in a way, in a different way than you thought you would, or maybe it just also doesn't matter. Like the thing that's holding you back is the very thing that you need to let go. And in that moment, then it doesn't matter anyone. You experience something that you maybe never thought you would. Yeah. Maybe. Possibly. It takes time to change habits when this also. Yeah. <laughs> Baby steps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't accept if I got hit. You know? I can't <laughs> accept if, if a character dies. That's just too much. And I feel like many games aren't really uh, set up to to really encompass that. Like you... This, at, at some point you are in the downward spiral. Mm. Like you progress but it gets harder and harder and at some point you just won't be able to progress any farther. And that's not where I want to, to, to land. But can that actually happen? Of course it can happen. You can, you can skill your character so badly that you won't be able to finish the boss at the end. It can happen in lots of role-playing games. You can always, I mean, in the more... In the newer games, you can always, like, um, decrease... Not always, but off you can decrease the um, difficulty. But it feels bad. I don't like that. But why and not? I, I have a Are lot you of... always playing on hard? No, not always. But like for Mutant, uh, that felt like the the kind of difficulty that that's right for me. Hmm. Um, I want have a, I want to have a little challenge. I want to feel smart about my decisions. Um, and if the game doesn't give me that. I'm not enjoying it, and then I, I just wouldn't continue playing it. The only way to I know that there's a cool game. That's why I restarted and played differently. 
So. But maybe it's cool because you can't be smart all the time, but you can still figure out a way to make it work. You know? I'm, if uh, I think about why I haven't completed accounts, really for the same reasons, just at a different point. It's when I took a dialogue option that led to something where I then missed out on mm. a thing that I actually wanted to do and I hadn't saved before. And then I'm like, well, why should I play this? Yeah, exactly. But uh, probably it would be good to just accept that certain things you know aren't possible that you can't in one playthrough experience every single piece of content because well there's content for 10 different characters so maybe there's 10 different games in there and just be like okay yeah i fucked that up and i'm learning now for my next encounter to really think about what i want to do mm. first and not treat this as whatever it was a valuable lesson that I learned and maybe I should have just stuck with it and see where it takes me and see that it didn't ruin everything. It just made it different. And maybe different isn't bad. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there and I feel like um, I'm there especially when I... Like with Arcano, I am intentionally trying to roleplay to be able to accept that I don't get to experience everything, that I don't have to do every quest, that I don't have to be perfect and everything, but when I know exactly what I want to role play, mm -hmm. and if I like, if the start is messed up and I don't get there <laughs> where I want to be in the beginning, then I restart. So yeah, I, I get that, but I, I don't. I don't think I would like outlaw restarting the game in general. You know, I think that there's there's a benefit there. But of course, I'm on the other end where I do that way too often and I need to get back. And now I need to pee. So, yes. To read when the results commence. But I feel like you need to hear them too. Yeah, I'm going to yell them to you. <laughs> but I have to say, it is frustrating if a game gives you different options, but many of them are useless, or it is easy to build a character in a way which makes the game impossible to play further. Exactly. But I mean, that would be bad game design if the character you design can't actually play the game. Why would that be an option? That's when you have like a big design space, you can't prevent that. Really? But how? I can't imagine that somehow. Uh, he further says, it is no problem if it is possible, but a harder to clear. But a game should protect the player from running in a deadlock. Yeah, no, deadlocks suck. That is true. That is absolutely true. Hmm. But can it actually happen? I mean... It can happen in a lot of games, yeah. Not everyone, of course. And okay. Be a little bit of, a I'm gonna let you come back so that people can hear what you're saying too. <laughs> Ach ja. Now, because what I'm thinking is, okay, you start with certain things, and there's a whole lot of skills. Yeah. But you're still, you know, you're level, leveling throughout the game, and if you're noticing, okay, my attack is a little bit weak, then you start leveling that, and then you can rectify that, right? Mm. And like if I'm thinking yes, of yeah, you can improve it, but I mean you can. I mean, let's say vampire for example. Mm -hmm. If you decide I want to play someone who can't fight at all, and the game is just a game where you have to fight to to progress, 
then you can't finish the game with the character you've built. Like I you're mean, just investing even in if I... Well, still, I think... I'm not sure... I wonder if you can play Vampire in a way that you can't finish it. Because you have to put certain skill points in certain categories, and they always have some skill that gives you an option to do something, and of course you can level up while you play the game. And I don't think you can invest that much time refusing to play the game, basically. Hmm. Or that you don't realize, okay, these encounters, they're like super difficult already, maybe I should do some more into protection or whatever uh, or more health you know if you say i want to play the game on one health i mean i guess you can try to do that but then you would make a deliberate choice to do, do that right i mean yeah like or something like a uh, gothic you know i've never used magic i don't use magic in role-playing games it's not my style of play i'm always a, a sneaky thief <laughs> yeah um and so i don't know but i assume just as I don't have to use any magic at all, I also don't have to use any sword fighting if I'm a magic user or something. So there's always one thing that I can use. Yeah, but you could, for example, distribute your points on all three and make your character just not viable okay. in the late game. So you can't progress because... You I mean, that makes like, it harder, but you can still do it, can't you? If you just have the low-level stuff, I imagine it's possible that you can... Maybe if you like play really well, you're still kind of able to manage to beat the game, but you are at a disadvantage if you're not like more or less going all in on one or two. And I mean, if you have a game where you have a team, then they can also kind of balance out what you're lacking, right? Yeah, that's true, yeah. But often in role-playing games, you're standing in front, so if you've got a character who's like really weak, there can be a, a time where you will just not survive. I oh. had this in The Fall, for example, where I didn't play like a really beefy character, and for some reason there was like one encounter, and wherever my characters were standing, when the dialogue was finished, everybody was standing in front, and then I always got like shot dead, and I couldn't progress. I mean, this is one thing which some games do to prevent deadlocks with skill trees is either you have the option to grind, which I find not really appealing, and another option is giving the player the option to respec. That's the point. Why why not give players one option to respec? Because you can't expect the player to be right from the beginning and. What's so wrong about giving them the ability to, to try different stuff? I'm not saying that's bad. Mm. I'm just thinking, you know, a couple misspent points. I mean, if you realize that after, it doesn't ruin the game. You can still level up the other stuff. You can get better equipment, better weapons and stuff. I mean, that also protects you. Um I feel like there's so many ways so that it doesn't matter if you do a couple of missteps. You would have to actively try to create a terrible character to fail, right? Or you just don't have any idea about games, yeah? I mean, it's possible, right? You just invest in willpower because you think, yeah, it's probably important, but you... Investing everything in luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your character is the sword fighter, but you run around with a bow. Um... 
Well, but yeah, I mean, then maybe you, you start in the beginning, you know, as a bow fighter, and you have a couple of points in there, and then you realize, oh, this is not for me, and then you just train the other thing, and then sure, you have some useless points there, but it's not ruining yeah, the of game. Of course, it, I mean, that is definitely a point where it's my problem, <laughs> where I can't live with these uh. misspent points, where no, these points will give me no benefit. They are wasted and I will have like a harder time the whole game through because I did that. And that's for me tough to accept. Mm. And yeah, I guess there's, there's a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it makes, makes sense in a role-playing sense. You know, I also have this very useless skill that I can remember a lot of names of actors and shit and what they were mm. in that, that serves me nowhere. <laughs> well, it serves me. <laughs> Also very, very seldomly and not in an important way. So it's, uh, I have skill points and something I don't actually need. But yeah, such is life. So it is. Mm. Do you still have things on your list? Yes. We were nearing the end there, but of course we oh, don't have to end it. Uh, we uh, have to play games too. And the seal says, yes, but what about games with hard encounters? There are some games in which you can spec in a certain damage type, but then you run in mm, an enemy with a save point directly in front, so no turning back, which is immune against your skills. I guess what, what I mean, we had this like with um, the wizard, then, mm. right? We had to do some balancing there to, like in the old one, to make sure that you can't like just spend all your points in the wrong spell and then can't progress. And I'm still not sure if this isn't really happening. So there's definitely always a um, um, like the, the potential for something like that. Uh, you really have to think that through. Um, so I don't, I don't, I really don't see why why respec shouldn't be in a game. I mean, I get it that you want to. Um, have players, you know, play their hand, whatever it may be, but um, making players pl finish your game basically with with something like having s picked skills that aren't what they like, that aren't, you know, maybe they liked it at the beginning, but then uh, in the end you you learn that it's just a useless skill, which happens. Um, for example, if you're playing Diablo 2 or something like a hack and slash game where you can like go through the, the normal game with your skills, no problem. And then if you want to continue to play the game, you need a really specific build. And, you know, if you don't have the ability to respec, you have to replay the whole game to be able to get at that content. And that's just, I don't sure. think that's good design. No, that sounds like terrible design. If you yeah. give players options that lead to a deadlock, I mean, that's... that's it's not terrible. deadlock. It's, you know, you give them like a space, but then you you build a, a, on top of the main game, you build like a hardcore mode that you can only reach if you took like the right hmm. skill way. Yeah, I mean, that's crap. Yeah. I mean, I also don't think that respecting is like bad or anything. It's just a different kind of game. Because, I mean, then in that game... You basically always get to choose the handoff cards that you need for the counter. 
So it's basically a different Maybe. type of uh, yeah. thing. It's I mean, not like you have to, you know, you're, you're practicing one thing and then that's the thing with which you try to get through the game, but you get to basically change the character you have according to the challenge that you have. I guess the the thing is, what is your, what do you want to achieve with letting the players decide which skills they get? Mm -hmm. If it's, if you want them to to decide what kind of game they are playing, I feel there's no reason to let them experiment. Like Diablo 3, for example, made this, it was heavily criticized, by the way, um, that you just unlock um, skills and you can take uh, four with you in combat, whatever, um, and you can change these at any time. Mm -hmm. So you can decide if I want to be like an ice warrior or a fire warrior and you can just try how it plays and then you can change it. And I feel like this is a much more, it's more to like a deck builder where you can change the cards you are mm -hmm. playing. You, you're changing basically how you want to play the game. And I guess a roguelike does that by, you know, killing your character and letting you restart again mm -hmm. with different skills. So um, why should a role-playing game lock you into the skills? To give well, because you, it's a role-playing game. Yeah, and because, you can't do that in real life. Exactly, because you want to, you want to lock him in, and you want him to play out. But I guess with a roguelike, you know it's going to be finished at some point. And I got to get reskill. Mm -hmm. But with a role-playing game, it's possible that like the further you play, the less fun it is because you made some mistakes. And I don't know. Maybe maybe it should be clear enough. Maybe you 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 must take care to provide the player with skills that are always kind of fun and that are really well explained. I mean, Newton Yazero doesn't explain their skills very well. There's a lot of text that's missing that would have prevented me from doing the the mistake. For example, that you can use like the this skill and this skill they replace each other is like just a shape, mm. and then. Uh, you have you have three skills that you can have active, like three different shapes, and then you have to click on one shape and select another one. You mm -hmm. can just skill something and you never get to use it, and that will ha happen to me in the beginning because I didn't select the right skill. I just skilled it, but I had to select the skill as well and replace the one skill I was using a lot with the other that's new, and it's kind of that's 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 not really good design i mean it's not no. the worst but they could have make made it clearer mm. Mm. Yeah, i mean this is in the dsx reboot there was a similar problem with the end bosses if you play the game in a non-violent way and did not take any damage uh skills it is really frustrating and unnecessarily hard to get through the boss fights it is like Guild Wars, the skill system was similar. You unlock skills and then choose which you take in a mission. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it depends, I think, on the game you want to make. I mean, I would also find it weird, you know, if in Wizard now, you could just say, oh, okay, the entire level, I, I leveled up these, uh, the entire game, I leveled up these kinds of things. But here in the last one, I could really use everything in in the black magic skills. So I'm just taking the points off to the other mm -hmm. and put them in the other. It's a different game then. 
And I think yeah, it doesn't it wouldn't fit the design of the basically what the game is meant to be. Yeah, it's a different feeling, right? Doesn't fit the fantasy. Yeah, and also doesn't fit really the the challenge as it is designed, of course. It would have to be you know, if you change that sort of system, you oh. would have to have a game around that system. Yeah, you'd, you'd probably have to give them more information about what they encounter in the next level to make, like, deciding which... which no, I mean, we're designing the level so that any kind of playstyle makes sense, no? Not really. No? I'm just designing levels and then I'm <laughs> looking if I can get through them with different <laughs> skills. And then I'm like, yeah, it should be. Should Everybody should be. Uh, able to get through. <laughs> Just cross my fingers, close mm. my eyes. <laughs> and mostly people do. Yeah. I mean, sure, if you don't do certain things, so you put it in a place that is not as useful right now, then it gets a bit harder, but it's totally possible. I mean, now we, I think, like, just with using your skills, like, that you upgrade your mm. spells with just using them makes it so much easier. Because yeah. you don't you don't give the player the ability to fuck up his skills. If he's always using the ice spell, let's just make it better because you know you use it a lot, why not? If it works for you. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know how to use it. Let's just make it a little bit better. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean that, that that system I like the most. Kind of the Skyrim mm. thing of just the thing you do you get better at. And you have like more or less always the, the ability to, if you're not happy, to just train something else. And it never feels like a waste of some limited resource like points you spent. It's just time. It feels, it feels different. Because in, in Mutant Year Zero, if you clear a level, it's empty. Mm-hmm. And if you get like um, skills skill points from that you know if you spend them they are gone you will never get them back and you will level um, you know your level progression just slows down so yeah it's uh, it feels bad to waste resources wasting time it's not that bad well maybe the resource thing is also you know I mean, I can relate to that, what you were saying about you never want to spend health items and stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, it's part of the game and uh, maybe that's something we should do. Yeah. Because I always end up in games with, like, such a full inventory of stuff I never use because I always try not to. Yeah. It's a common problem. I think it's it's because you're, you're kind of, the game tells you how hard it's going to be. And then you're like always preparing for the worst, and in the end, it's it's easier than than you thought. But you're afraid to just you know to use something you would need later on. Yeah, that's. I think uh, I think it was me playing a Resident Evil game. I don't know which one it was. Was well, not one of the main ones because bullets versus scares and stuff. Yeah. And I think from that, I'm like in every game, I'm always says the game could be like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it says, but please, no auto leveling enemies in Morrowind. Uh, you could also uh, in Morrowind, you could also run into problems if your skill, if you skill your athletics, swimming, and so on, and level up yeah, a few yeah. times. Because of this, it gets nearly impossible to defeat some of the easier enemy types. It was Oblivion, right? Not Morrowind. 
Oblivion had the, the progression. Oh, so the auto leveling means because you level up, but you level up non-fighty skills. Yes. The enemies get stronger. And yeah. So I see. Yeah, that, that's a design problem. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, I exploited it so hard. <laughs> both. In both. Oh, okay. I mean, Skyrim did this also, but maybe they did it better. Like the enemies mm. level up with you. You can't go mm. to an area and, I mean. I think in the beginner areas they're still a little bit weaker, but they definitely level up. You don't run into hmm. super weak enemies. I think they're always sort of at your level. Yeah, I think they had like ranges. Mm. Every area had ranges. Hmm. What else have you played? Nothing. Oh, I thought you had this more on your list. Yeah, if, 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 okay. Let, let. I mean, I should be going now. But I kind of also want to tell you about this. So okay. <laughs> let's go. Uh, I continued on my um, old school anime movies. Uh-huh. Uh, Bonanza, whatever you would call that. <laughs> and yeah, so I've, 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 dig, I've dug up a couple more 80s anime that I watched like so long ago that I don't remember anything and I have never watched before. Uh, and here is what I think about them. <laughs> First off, Wicked City. It's kind of famous. That's one I, I already I, I watched. Uh-huh. It was on Vox late night at some point. It's just a really bad hentai. Huh. It's uh, it's not good. I mean, it's, it's surprisingly good um, score on IMDb uh-huh. for some reason and I think it's mm-hmm. got something but it's just it's it's uh, it's just awful especially with the representation of women mm-hmm. it's really rapey at points um, it has also this noir like detective in a, a bad city thingy with monsters and stuff and there's like one dude who's like a bodyguard and he's supposed to watch over some old guy and he is has to um make some contract with the demons there no it's another movie i completely forgot what what um wicked city was about but i think that was that wasn't it that Maybe. No, I think it was that. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So he had to watch over them, I think. And then... Um, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. And, and he gets, like, a partner. And the partner is a demon woman, of course. Sure. And they kill. It's really violent. Lo- very bloody. And there are a couple of sex scenes that aren't really appealing. Uh, anymore mm. but I think they did something with me when I watched them back in the day um, in any case yeah don't watch Wicked City <laughs> uh, it's supposed to be a classic I don't think it should be it's not good then I watched Demon City Shinyuku <laughs> which is very similar very very similar it's it's both I think like 85 86 Around that, maybe 81, 80. I forgot, but they are, they are not, not far apart. 
Wicked City came out earlier and then Demon City Shinjuku. So kind of the same thing, but like there was like also some dark, yeah, there's some, some, some dude who wants to summon some evil and there's some good, a good dude and they fight and the good dude loses, loses his sword, uh, a wood, wooden sword, by the way. And then um, the bad guy kind of managed to summon half. So the whole city gets like uh, leveled down. It's the I, same director. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, his, his son, who doesn't know he's his son, uh, goes in. Uh, I don't know anymore what exactly, but I'm sure he, he meets some woman as well. They have sex briefly or something. Um, and then he managed to defeat the big evil. Sure. Uh, better. I kept that one. That's not too bad. Uh, it's, if you want like a, a cheesy, kind of violent, weird, dark anime from the 80s, I think that's a good pick. Um, not as rapey as the other one. <laughs> that was like the main thing. It was <laughs> made better. And then I watched uh, Fist of the North Star. Uh-huh. Also a classic. Apparently the TV series uh, was uh, running in the morning in France. Eric told me that and I got to watch that and it's a, it's a horribly brutal and bloody. Um, Is this the You're Already Dead thing? Yes. Oh. Yes, that's exactly that. <laughs> so... Um, in the hist in like the the mythology of fists of the north star there's the north star and the south star and they both represent like deadly fighting arts and the north star is about like punching someone especially fast you know and then like bringing the force inside of you and then like you are explode basically mm. So yeah, he fights, he uh, gets to hit people, and he's kind of like a mix of uh, Mad Max and Bruce Lee. Uh And it's it's funny, and it's and I think it's a it's supposed to be funny in its violence. He like he hits people, and they just continue walking and talking shit, and then he's like, "You're already dead," and then they're like, "Oh." Oh my god! And then the head explodes or something, <laughs> or yeah, like you, the guts come out. I read they uh, they actually studied anatomy um, to make the gore as like realistic as possible, and they were so uh, so good at it that like even in Japan, the people were so disgusted that they immediately uh, censored it by like putting filters about on it, and it looks really weird that there's like like desaturated or like the uh the thing get flipped or there's like some some chromatic aberration on it stuff like that uh just so you don't get like too sick from all the gore and it works quite well uh i mean you don't get sick but it looks bad um it's a really it starts so stupid and simple and confusing and it doesn't make any sense. 
yeah, you know, the, the there's some guy and he's talking about like how he's given like the, the ultimate secret to only one of his pupils to continue and everyone else uh, he's he's supposed to break their arms so they can't perform it anymore. But then the old man get, gets killed by one of the pupils. Obviously, the star pupil who got it is the Kenshiro, the Fist of the North Star. Um, but then his... Like, that's also a thing uh, with the women there. Um, there are, I think, three women who really do something. And it's one is a kid who gets to run around and be just a kid. And then it's like two girlfriends and they both get kidnapped and they get, sure. and uh, the the guys, they look identical to each other, except like the apparel, like the, the body is, is completely identical. Same heights, same muscle tone, everything. <laughs> just, um, they just have different clothes on and different haircuts and have different fighting styles. Mm. Um, but that was kind of fun. I mean, at the end, it comes together and it makes sense. Like in the beginning, you don't know why. Like there's too many characters. It doesn't make sense why every anyone does anything. Then in the end, like you you meet them again, and then you ah right that was this guy, and oh, obviously he took this route, and now he's a bad guy. Interesting, um, but it's not too. It's not a way work of art for sure, but it's fun. And uh, it has a it has a, um, a sneak appearance of Vampire Hunter D. Mm. He's in the background in, in one scene. And in Vampire Hunter D, the old one, there's also an appearance of Kenshiro, Fist of the North Star. So obviously I had to keep that one. Uh, yeah, kind of fun. So silly. Like when he attacks, he, he does a... <laughs> and then the other one is like... Hmm, I don't even feel anything. And I'm like, and then he's, you're already dead. And then he explodes and it does like weird effects to like <laughs> censor the gore. Uh, yeah. Really weird. Really, really weird. But if you are into kind of that thing, mm. you know, watch it. I think it's that, that one, you, you it's, it's watchable. Oh. The, uh, the Yakuza studio. Most of the time. Uh, Ninja Theory. Yeah. Uh, and they made a Fist of the North Star game. Mm -hmm. And I just remember uh, Jim Sterling talking about the moment that really sold him on the game. With, uh, then on the game when uh, there's a mini game where you are uh, a bartender or something and you're violently shaking drinks <laughs> and stuff and serving them with, you're already drunk. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it has this weird humor that I don't think came all very well. You know, it's just like a couple of scenes where you're like, "That slapstick! Why? Why did he <laughs> die in slapstick? That doesn't make any sense." But some weird Japanese horror uh, humor humor thing that doesn't really translate too well. Um, but then the final, mm. I watched. Finally watched James Cameron and Robert Rodriguez, oh. Alita, Battle Angel. And? I loved it. <laughs> I loved it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a good movie, though. <laughs> I'm kind of afraid that you'll not like it as much as I do. 
I probably won't. I don't know. Maybe you will. It's a good movie. It really is, I think. Maybe. It's great. It's so great. I love it. I mean, I guess so we are clear on where I stand here. Mm. Well, what my background is on the whole issue. Mm -hmm. So I read the manga. Sure. It's still ongoing. I didn't read all, but I read a lot back then. Uh, I watched the uh, OVA. It's like three episodes. You can watch it like a movie. And a lot of the movie that's now out is inspired by that one. Mm. And I, I also read like the manga that's in the same world, just about uh, motorball players or like one motorball player. Who's like also very interestingly, um, he's called the Crash King. The, the manga is called Ashen Victor, about like one motorball player who always crashes because I think at some point he was traumatized in, in the race. Mm -hmm. And since then, he can't finish a single race. And it's about, yeah, it's about him and his trauma. And um, yeah, the, the manga, both mangas. They are really well uh, drawn, like really reminiscent of um, Sin City. Mm -hmm. And they also tell like this dark story, um, kind of using tropes, but mm, kind of being also about more, but more clearly about more than Sin City, I think. It's more obvious. Um, but uh, Alita, Battle Angel, perfect adaptation and I think they want to make three movies uh, yeah. so the only thing I, I I did not like love is that it ends in a bit of a cliffhanger yeah. it's it's a bit of a cliffhanger it feels good it's not like uh, uh, the Hobbit um, but oh, it's, we, we have to watch this one we have to sure this, it's so it's about just like a little uh, you, you don't know anything about that right so it's about um, a very cool dystopian future post-apocalypse basically like world is mostly destroyed um, they were like high-tech cities kind of like metal chaser very similar to metal chaser mm. they were flying cities and all of them got destroyed as well but you're not told how I know because I read the manga and it's kind of uh, you you learn it in the movie as well but there's just one left and uh, the rest of humanity is underneath that and they, they basically live of the land and live of the rubbish they throw down and also they provide them with resources up mm -hmm. so up there it's like an Elysium mm. uh, style um, I mean a lot of the of these uh, sci-fi post-apocalyptic dystopian things, they owe a lot to Alita. I think there's a lot of inspiration there, especially Elysium and stuff like that. Mm. And I think maybe even uh, District Number District Nine. Mm -hmm. In any case, so one day um, a torso falls down there with all the other rubbish, and like um, the German guy plays some German actor. Uh, also Django. Uh, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, Christoph Waltz plays a doctor. And he's um, he's a cybernetic doctor, so he helps people because like most of the people have like they're more or less cyborgs there. Mm 
like very little like most well maybe I don't know 50-50 um, are cyborg-esque people and normal people and he uh, helps them um, helps people get cyborg implements if they need to uh, he's pretty much a good guy um, and he finds the torso and and finds that the brain inside is still intact and it's the torso of a 14 year old girl and he builds her um, well he had he lost his daughter sure. and had built for her <clears throat> a body and he gives her the body and um, basically treats her as her as his child while she doesn't really know what uh, like she doesn't remember where she came from so you mean to say he puts her ghost in a shell <laughs> Exactly. Uh, now I want to say, Alita is like an angel, but also <laughs> also prepared for battle. Yes. <laughs> no, and, and, yeah, I mean the, the name always tells. So it's not a spoiler that uh, Alita more and more learns that her that she's really good at fighting, uh. which of course is not what Christopher wants from his daughter. He mm. wants to keep her safe. He doesn't want her to get into trouble but she she's really attracted to the motorball which is you know it's just a violent skating ball game uh-huh. where people like get destroyed all the time and she's really attracted by that she's attracted by like danger and she's just interested least in, like amazed by the city and by the world because she doesn't know anything uh-huh. she's just like a, a really a naive and positive and lovable child and he wants to protect her but she's also has this you know drive to be more and to yeah she has no hesitance to get into trouble and to to fight for what she believes is right although he really wants to stop her from doing that and that's more is all i'm gonna say uh, it's a really great story. It's really heartfelt. It's really dramatic. There's like, um, you know, yeah. Um, I'm not gonna say anything else. <laughs> I'm like, um, it's really well made. I mean, I love Robert Rodriguez. I mean, he he did Sin City perfectly. Like from the comics to the movie, he did this one as well perfectly. I mean. Um, James Cameron obviously helped, but I'm just gonna believe it's all Rod Rodriguez. And um, there's something else that needs to be said. It's it's not too violent. Like the manga and the anime is pretty violent. Uh, all there there is the violence in there, but there's no blood as far as I remember. Or not just not a lot of blood. Um, mm-hmm. If you, yeah, if there's, there's definitely violence, so I think it's PG-13 or something. Keep it in mind, it was like, if they have done it faithfully, it would have been R-rated, but I don't think the violence is needed. And I'm really happy that it's not that hard in there, because, yeah, it doesn't have to be there. It's already enough, like, it's clear enough that they are living in a hostile and dangerous world. And I think the other thing that needs to be uh, at least mentioned is the eye thing. 
because Alita's got bigger eyes than the rest, like oh. digitally enhanced. Sure. And as far as I've heard, it's to remind you that she's not human, but like a robot. Uh, maybe, maybe that was the reason. Who knows? I think it helps you more see her as a child. Mm-hmm. And that helps the movie as well. So that because that's kind of the, the deal with Alita. She's like a petite child that's for some reason good at battle. Mm. And yeah, I love that shit. I loved mm-hmm. it back then. I just fell in love again. I started reading the manga again, which deviates quite a bit at some points from the movie. They really cut a couple of characters out, like made it tighter the script, and ah, oh, the end is perfect. Although it's a it's a cliffhanger, or it, it just it points basically it points at the next movie, okay. and it's ah, oh, I want to see the next one and the one after. It's gonna be so great. <laughs> well, let's see. Neither of them have a good track record with all the sequels they planned. Sin City was po- when Sin City came out. It was supposed to be three movies, and it took like a decade until we got a shitty second. Oh. Avatar was supposed to be six movies. I don't know. It always sounds like he's still doing them, but I think they're still on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we'll see. Uh, well, I'm curious. I mean. Um, I personally feel like uh, Sin City was the last good... Oh, no, Planet Terror was the last good Rodriguez movie. Uh, what he's done after, I have not really... I mean, Sin City 2 was so shit that I lost all faith. Um, I do not care for Spy Kids. And yeah. I did not watch Predators. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I've lost all faith that he knows what he's doing. Maybe if he has, if so, he has like a strong... Comic. Well, that's the that, that's the thing. I face off. I don't care for anime, and I don't have the love for the source material. Yeah, I know. So I'm yeah. just gonna go in with the lowest possible expectation, yes. and that should Do help that. me hopefully. <laughs> Do that, and I think you're gonna watch it with Mbali as well. Yes, because I feel like it's a good movie for her too. I think it's really. No, I actually feel like it's gonna be good. It's it's a really inspirational movie. I think for young. Girls, hmm. especially, because it really tells, in, in effect, it tells the story of like having someone who's like overprotective, who wants to protective, and you yourself finding your own power, finding out how hmm. powerful you actually are if you just get to do what you, you know, what you feel. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I know, actually, I don't have too bad a feeling about it from. You know, looking at a couple of, like, scrolling into it and say if it looks like something that could maybe be good. So, I'm interested. It was really hard not to talk about that, like, the week before. I, I think I watched it, like, <laughs> beginning of the week or weekend. I was just like, gotta tell it! <sighs> ah, yes, that old struggle. Mm. As a final note, perhaps uh, yesterday I also watched a children's movie, The New Tom and Jerry. Oh, God. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I like the cover, so I watched it. Um, there's no reason to watch it. Oh. But I think for children it's good. Hmm. Like, I would not, there's nothing about it that I would say watch it. 
Like there's nothing, you know. It's kind of cute in places, but it's really blah. But also in a way, you know, it's like I I I I, I would probably recommend it for kids. I would not recommend, but not because it's bad or anything, but because just so, it's just so much for kids mm. and not at all for adults. That yeah, it's cute. It's got a, a big name actors all the way through. Like mm. uh, what's her name? Chloe Moretz. There's one name missing in there, but the hit girl from Kickass. Mm-hmm. She's the lead, and you have the. Chris Pena, I think his name is the the guy who talks so much in Ant Man. Oh yeah, um, and a bunch of people. You know, it's just it's weirdly star studded, and then it's <laughs> kind of a blah story. But I kind of get it. You know. Children probably love this, and um, it's an interesting way to find out that Tom and Jerry are black. So that's interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because they are voiced by black people, they're very, very explicitly black. Like uh, it, it starts with Tom like trying to make money by playing like jazz music, and it's the way it's styled and with you know the round sunglasses and stuff. And he has a black voice actor singing. Like mm. they, they don't talk much and stuff. And, mm. and I was googling, and mm. apparently, yeah, that's it's like. A possible thing because apparently also in the original comics their their human owner was also black mm. actually a controversial character but because it's a very mammy trope mm. type I think it wasn't even called mammy two shoes or something and so I was just I mean, I, well interesting mm. <laughs> I mean at least this movie is making it canon mm. yes and so thanks for joining us yeah and we'll also be wrapping yeah, up yeah. now so let me just do one final final. Yes. Just to counter your Tom and Jerry. Mm. Uh, I've watched, uh, yesterday I watched Paddington. Oh, and? <laughs> it's really good. Oh. It's a really good movie. I see. Who would have thought? Because, yeah, I, 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 I talked to like one of my flatmates today and I said like, I didn't expect this. It, it shouldn't be good. I mean, it's like Tom and Jerry the movie or like the, the Chipmunks movie. That's not supposed to be a good movie. Like, okay, for children... But it's for children. I think it's an awesome, great, like impossibly good movie, mm. and it's really good for adults too. Loving story. It's about immigrants acceptance. It's about overprotective parents. It's about like freedom. It's about so many great th- things. Okay, there's some wacky humor you need to like get into, um, but you surprisingly soon get into it like mm. at the first i didn't like Meh. it's like maybe it's too wacky what what he gets into but then like very soon i was just laughing about the silliness of it all oh. and then lots of movie references mm. just for the older guys who are sitting in there <laughs> and just waiting to say like oh, that's a yeah jones oh, that's mission impossible <laughs> uh it's a great movie who <laughs> could have thought it's really a great movie yeah, yeah, it really looks like one of those that I just like. Uh, it's a bear. Yeah, yeah I don't but know then why. you watch it and uh, like, what the fuck? Why did nobody tell me? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm telling you now. Oh. Uh, uh, don't get discouraged because it's it's the one with the bear. <laughs> it's really good. Hmm. Well, there we go.
crush the list. Very nice. And we are almost exactly at, oh, we can do this. 2.30, we're gonna make it. Okay, so thanks for joining us. Um, it was fun Lovely. as always. And I guess we will do this again next week. Yeah. Probably. Uh, so let's let's do it Friday. Yeah, around that's five good. p.m. Yeah, five uh, is always nice. But if you want to be like up to date, just join our Discord. <gasps> yes, the Discord. Uh, Post the Discord. Um, what else? I think there's nothing else. Yeah, website. You know, we've got a game. It's called The Wizard. Oh, the the URL is down there socials. as well. You know, there. No, there. Yeah, The Wizard. So, it's great. Cool. So, we will see you next time then. Wait, I gotta actually press stop at some. <laughs> yeah. So, bye! bye.